today's word is from Ephesians 2, 11, 22. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves their circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at, the at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is word of God. Thanks to God. Thank you. Good morning. It is so good to be with you. And uh, yeah, I'm Fran. Uh, I'm married to Jerry, and I have a 10-year-old daughter called Florence, and um, we're just picking up this series then, looking at the first few chapters of Ephesians, and so far we've talked about purpose, God's purpose in our lives, power, last week life, and this week we're talking about peace. What is peace? Our daughter Florence made us laugh few days ago. We've got a dodgy remote control and uh, we tried everything. Tried taking the back off and giving the batteries that little shuffle, you know, the battery shuffle that gives it another five days of life. That wasn't working. Jerry was wrestling with it and so Florence said, Daddy, do you know what I do? What I do is I get up the button and I press it lots of times and then I put it down by the telly and let it calm down. Florence appreciates the need not to overstimulate. But what is peace? Peace is not the absence of stimulation. It's certainly something we need. Jesus knew how important peace is to the human soul. He talks about it a lot. Um, just as he was about to ascend to heaven, the one thing he knew the, the disciples needed was his peace. And he said, my peace I leave with you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Peace was his number one priority to give to the disciples. And you know, looking at the data for 2021, we need peace. Government figures show that in the year to COVID, before COVID, 
828,000 workers were suffering from stress, anxiety, and depression. And that figure has rocketed up from 20 years ago. It's gone up by 60%. So no wonder mindfulness is so popular. Park runs, all great stuff, really good stuff. But peace isn't just a quiet mind. It's not emptying your head. It's not even a lack of stress. In Ephesians 2, we see what it is. He himself is our peace. Peace is a person. Peace is the presence of Jesus. So this morning, I just want to look at how being in Christ, which Gareth talked about last week, how in Christ can be the place where we experience Jesus' presence and get that peace that he talks about. So I'm going to dive into the text, uh, look at what Paul is saying, and just talk about the context for this reading in Ephesians. I want to show you this picture of what Herod's temple would have been like when Jesus was alive. Now, you know, if you're familiar with faith, that the Jewish people at the time considered themselves to be God's holy people. And the Gentiles, people who weren't Jews, were not. And so only Jews were allowed to go and worship in the temple. And you can see the bit in the middle, that is the super, super holy bit that the high priest would go into, and that's where God's presence was. God was in there. So the Gentiles, those who weren't Jews, they were allowed to go into the sort of outer areas. But you see this, uh, this arrow pointing to a little wall. It looks little, it's not. A wall all around the outside of the, the inner bit. That is called the Sureg at the time. And that wall existed to keep out the Gentiles. It's a real thing. It was there. It was one and a half meters thick. And it was 1.4 meters high. How do we know? From a first-hand historical source, a guy called Josephus, who wrote about it and said it was elaborate and elegant and there were pillars on it and it declared the law of purity. And then, in 1871, there was a discovery of this. This is one of the stones that was in that soreg, that wall. And it says on it, I hope this will work. There we go. It was discovered by an archaeologist, and he found these words. It says, No stranger is to enter within the balustrade around the temple and enclosure. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame that his death ensues. That is basically saying trespassers will be executed. Gentiles, that's us, I suppose, at that time. Go in there, and you'll die. That is a big deal. That is the separation that existed between Jews and Gentiles. That was the mindset. And so then we have this passage where Paul starts writing this radical stuff. Ephesus was a place on the western coast of what's now Turkey. They were Gentiles. And he says, remember that you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. And then these next verses, these are belters, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So do you see that's what he was talking about. 
this very real and physical wall. If you went in it, you'd die. You'd be killed. That wall has come down. The dividing wall of hostility. It wasn't a metaphor. Well, it was, but it was some very real thing. So what does this wall coming down mean for us? Well, I'm just going to look at it in three ways. And first, just to give you a visual illustration of a very famous wall. Anyone guess what that wall is? Yeah, the Berlin Wall, built in 1961. And again, a physical wall of separation between East Germany or the German Democratic Republic, which was communist, and West Germany. They wanted to keep out the West Germans and all their ideals. So they built this wall. And for us, peace with God. Well, I guess those bricks are our sin. And everyone has these bricks. Thinking back to Gareth's talk last week, where he powerfully reminded us that we can be real about it. Everybody is standing behind a high wall. And it is a very difficult wall to climb. If you've ever done climbing, oh gosh, that is difficult anyway. Uh, when I was at college, first time round in, in Bristol, I was taken to Avon Gorge by a now vicar called Mike, uh, who's in the Church of Eam. And uh, he took me to Avon Gorge, and, and I tried to climb up this sheer face, and you get your fingers on the little footholds, and then suddenly you lose your strength, and your legs go like jelly, and absolutely impossible for me. I don't know how he did it. This wall of sin cannot be climbed, even with footholds. There are none. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's a verse in Romans that reminds you. So, only Jesus, only Jesus can bring this wall down. We are brought near through the blood of Christ. And there is peace in knowing that. Because there's no striving. You cannot climb that wall. Don't even try through your own good behavior to get over that wall and get in Christ, to get joined with God. Jesus has done it. God is not hidden in that temple. He's here right now, and he says, come close. There's nothing in the way. That's peace. And the second thing is peace with each other. So as you saw, there was that physical divide between Jews and Gentiles, a symbol of deep division, a category difference between these people. One group saw themselves as clean and set apart and special, and they saw the Gentiles as defiling and ungodly and unclean. And it went both ways. The Gentiles saw the Jews as being, I think, a bit tragic. People have written that, oh, the Jews think they're it, and yet they've had their exile um, you know, where's God? Where are their prophets? So there was deep animosity, but this wall was brought down. And now it applies to all peoples. So it applies to us as well. The key is in verse 15. The purpose of bringing this wall down was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So I want us to really get our heads around that, because this is not God doing something that then the Jews could think, oh, go on, Gentiles, you can come and join us. We'll add you to us. This peace 
that Jesus brought between people wasn't a kind of tolerance, like, yeah, go on then. It wasn't a kind of diversity exercise. We'll include you because it looks good. This is something entirely new. This wall coming down creates a new humanity. And there is part of the wall coming down. This kind of puts me in mind, this, this new thing, it puts me in mind of Florence again, um, a never-ending source of uh, anecdotes in talks um, and radio illustrations. But she absolutely loves still Play-Doh. And um, we've got loads and loads of pots of it. And whenever she gets it out, my main objective is to keep those colors apart as a mum. Am I right? And so I give her the briefing and, um, you know, I'm sort of on her shoulder and she'll be rolling up the little eyes just to put on the cat's head. I'm like, don't push too hard. Um, Keeping it all separate, keeping the colours separate. But she always ends up squishing it all together and we get this sort of mucky grey brown colour. Always that colour, don't know why. And so this is something new. There is no difference. There are no walls between us. We're not added on. That metaphor, I mean, it's limited. Of course, we should celebrate our different colors and, and cultures. But the difference being that we are not primarily defined by those things. We are primarily defined by being in Christ together. So when Jesus brings this wall down, we are, we are together subsumed by him almost. It's like we are assimilated, absorbed by him by being in Christ, reformed by him enveloped by him, we are defined by our Savior, Jesus. We are all in Christ, molded into one body, black and white, gay and straight, those with disabilities and those without, uh, Catholics and Protestants, evangelicals and liberals, all of that stuff, all of that division, it doesn't really exist. You know, when you make a cake and you put the flour in and the butter and the eggs and the sugar, when the cake comes out of the oven and you're eating it, no one says, oh, I'm not sure the flour's really up to the sugar. Oh, I don't think the eggs really understand their place in this cake. It's a cake. And as Steve said earlier, if there's one thing that is critical to our sense of peace, it is being at peace with each other. And you'll know that feeling when something's happened. Maybe you said something you shouldn't, or someone said something to you, and it gnaws away at you. You're churning away, and you try and bury it, but it will bubble up. So this morning, are there any bricks between you and someone else? Some bricks that you need to take down. It is so important as Christians, if we want to see the Spirit of God really flowing through us and out of our new center, you know, if we want to invest in that, we have to be at peace with each other so God can use us and the Spirit can be like that river that is in that vision in Revelation flowing down uh, the street. Because Paul says, doesn't he, that he is building us together. It's later in this reading. He's building us together God is, like stones in a temple, so that his spirit can indwell us. We can't be disconnected and disjointed. So who do you need to say sorry to, perhaps? I'm conscious that this is something 
of differing sizes, let's say, in our lives, depending on what you have been through and what journey you are on with God. But the Holy Spirit is there to help. With me, there's someone in my life that I have done so much work on, uh, and I have done a lot of forgiving, but then I have to do it again, and then I have to do it again. And it isn't easy. But I want to be defined by being joined to Jesus Christ. I don't want to let that disconnection define me and call the shots in my life. And then just to finish, I'm trying to be brief today. When Jesus died on the cross, uh, yes, he took the wall down between us and himself and each other, but, but this wall that he takes down also helps us have peace with ourselves. This happens directly because we are joined with God, but I just want to focus on this for a moment because I know that there are many of us who struggle with that sense of, of well-being inside. There's something that is telling our souls that all is not well. And therefore, we find it really difficult to feel like we are joined with God, that we are in Christ, that he takes us into his love, and there is nothing that separates us. It stops us having his peace. And I would really, my prayer this morning has been that, that God would start to really break down this wall that you have built or other people have built in your life. There's a verse that really powerfully describes the effect of Jesus bringing down the barrier. I'm not sure whether I've got a slide on it. Let me just have a look. Can't guess it to work. Yes, I have. Great. And if this helps visually, no longer, it says in Revelation, this is a vision of heaven, no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. I love that. You're not defined by all of these other things. In heaven, there's one thing that stands out, and that is who you belong to. You are owned by a greater reality than the one which is undermining you right now. And Jesus is longing for you to experience that. You are owned by a greater reality. This wall that is between you and this, this ability to receive God's peace is paper thin. And I say that because you're perhaps fighting battles that aren't real. And when I say aren't real, I don't mean you're not feeling them as being real. I mean, they're things that when you are in Christ, do not have the power to undermine you. The battles have already been won. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to worry what other people think. You don't have to keep control of things to keep yourself safe. Your value does not come from anywhere other than Jesus. And this is a truth we really, really need in our hearts and our souls. And we can only have it because that wall has come down. We can't climb over it. It's down. We don't need to. We are taken into the love of Jesus. The King 
during this, um, this worship, I would love us to take part in a prophetic act. And we're going to have some uh, oil. And thinking about how Jesus' name is on your forehead. If you would like the sign of a cross, then during this worship, I'd love you to come up and we will pray. Yeah, we will pray for a release of God's peace in you this morning. Whether it's uh, something that's a particular pressing need for you right now, or you just want to come up and get that anointing with that oil of peace, the oil of unity, then do that as we sing together. And I'm just going to pray now. Father, you love us. You accept us. Jesus, you died for us, and the wall is down. Lord, forgive us when we put bricks back into that wall, whether it's between each other or with the things that nag us and undermine us and we fret about. Lord, we want to be defined by you. We want to live in that superior reality that you are king and you own us. So Holy Spirit, come now with your peace. Free our hearts. Amen.